Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this week's episode, Gabrielle interviews ex-compulsive eater and no-diet weight loss coach Sora Vernikoff, who developed the Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want system. They discuss why diets don't work and often ultimately fail and how her system has helped people stop dieting and enable them to eat what they want. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's show, I have Sora Vernikoff, a no diet weight loss coach and author of Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want. So welcome to the show, Sora. Well, it's just a pleasure to be here, Gabby. I'm really excited to share my information with you and your audience today. Yeah, so you are an ex-compulsive eater and you developed the eat, uh, eat and stop eat and stop yourself diet and diet system. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how all this came about. Well, over 20 years ago, I used to teach um, elementary school in the worst areas in Brooklyn. And I had really tough kids. And um, But after many years, I finally had it down to a science. Like these were kids who had a hard time sitting in their chairs, would throw chairs, you know, do all these things that were really challenging. It took me about five years, but I learned how to manage them. One day I was looking at these fourth graders and I was on another diet. And I said, hey, Sora, how come these fourth graders who walk, talk and do those other things listen to you, but food has no animate qualities. It just sits there and you can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop eating. I was pissed off. And that was my aha moment. I said, what if I could vacuum all the extra times a day I thought about food out of my mind, just like the game concentration, what's on the other side of that extra food thought and how would I change my life? And then how could I help others? And that was the day that I stopped dieting. And, but, in addition to that, a part of that exercise was I was also committed to journaling every thought prior, during, and after every intake because I was obsessed with finding out why I thought about food all day. And I did. <laughs> and uh, I did. And as a result of seeing the situation, I then was able to create this program that I that's in my book. Okay. So why do you believe and what have you learned as to why diets don't work? Well, it's very, okay, so there's a couple of um, parts to that. So first I'd like to introduce your listeners as to what a diet is. Is that is that okay for you, Gabby? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want everyone to think of a diet like a clock. We all start at 12 o'clock. Oh my God, I have to lose weight. I'm getting married. I need to take a cruise. Uh, you know, I want to get into my Halloween dress. And what do you do? I have to diet. Now, if you Google diets, you know, you'll see there's like over 150 diets. And what I like to say is if diets worked, why would we need so many? So now we go back to the clock. We start at 12 o'clock. A diet is a group of rules created by, say, four people in a corporate boardroom. You have a therapist, a nutritionist, a psychiatrist, and someone in management. And then they decide, they decide, these total strangers that you will never meet, they decide what you can eat, when you should eat what, and how much you should eat when. And they say, now listen to us, 
because you can't trust yourself when it comes to food, but you can trust us. So what happens is you go on this you go on these rules created by these other people, and your goal is to lose weight and get healthy. All right, great. You follow the diet a day, an hour, a week, whatever. It's different for everyone. Now let's go to three o'clock. I can't take it anymore. I just need one extra piece of cheese and one extra piece of bread and I'll be fine and I can stop. And then what happens is you go through the whole thing of cheese and a whole thing of bread and then you have a few Oreo cookies in there. So, because you've been good, good, good at three o'clock, okay? So at three o'clock, I'm good, good, good. That means you're a worthwhile person because you're following other people's rules. Now let's get to six o'clock. You can't take it anymore. You're out of control. You want an extra piece of cheese. You want an Oreo. You want an ice cream pop. So you have it and then you can't stop. Well, the irony is that people just don't understand is that by going off the diet, by diet over binging or diet overeating, whatever you want to call it, you did the only thing you could do to regain the control from the diet, from these strangers sitting in some boardroom, okay? So you're really entitled to go off their plan because it's not your plan, all right? But there's a second side to that, like the other side of the coin. After you relieve yourself from following those rules, then you beat yourself up. Oh my God, look at myself. I, I can't do anything. I just, I can't follow these instructions. I can't trust myself with food, which is what the diet wants you to believe. And then I'm just not, I'm, I can't deal with this. So what do you do? You go to nine o'clock and that's your commitment to return to the diet at 12 o'clock, knowing full well, there's another binge on the way. So diets don't work because they're rules made by other people and they're, they're based on deprivation. You can have this because we agree to that, but you can't have that and you can't trust yourself. So you're never having basically what you want and you're being limited in the amount of food that you can have and you're basically in jail. So yay to the diet binge because that's your only relief. And that's why diets don't work because it, it's a never ending diet. You're good. You binge to take back the control. Then you beat yourself up. You go to nine o'clock, I'm going back on the diet and then it starts again. And that's why diets don't work. So what did you find that when you were food journaling and writing down everything and writing down your thoughts and writing down uh, what you were feeling about food, um, why you were thinking about it all day? Well, that's a fabulous question because I really did journal a lot. So, <laughs> so what I found out was this. The reason, uh, well, okay, there's a couple of parts to that answer as well. So let's start simple. The simple answer is that if every one of you listening to this um, podcast thought that they had a chip in their brain and that there were 35 squares in the chip and the chips were two and, and the squares were two colors, some of the squares were red and some of the squares were green. So you have 35 red and green squares. I want your audience to know that a person without a weight problem, when they print out their chip at the end of the day, which monitors their brain activity, they would see 21 green squares and 14 red squares. So they think less about food a day than a person with a weight problem. So anyone out there, if you're struggling with weight, 
you're just, when you print out that chip at the end of the day, you're gonna see 21 red squares and 14 green squares. So you think more about food than non-food thought today. And that's also in my book. The reason you think more about food a day is because on the printout, you simply see more food a day than a person without a weight problem. So why is that? You know, why is that? And then how do we fix that? Okay, because it's all at a, that's at a conscious level. So how do we fix that? What I found in my journaling, Gabby, was the reason I couldn't stop the visual repetition, which is what this program does, is because before I created my program, nothing was enough. And so I couldn't stop because the pictures kept showing up. I think of myself as a picture doctor. So let me take you back to the diet. So when I would diet and I would go on a binge, I used to stand in front of a mirror and I couldn't stop binging until my stomach was like 2000 calories out, right? And so I began to think about this a lot. And I realized that before I developed my program, the only thing that made me feel that I was putting enough food in me was an extended stomach. I had no other way to know what was enough because don't forget you're following the rules of the diet. They decided how much was enough you're at their mercy, and then you can't take it anymore. And really, when you binge and you stuff your stomach, that's the only thing that lets you know that you had enough of what you wanted. So what I came to see was that the reason I was a visual overthinker, which is what people with a weight problem are, you're a visual food thought overthinker, is because nothing is enough. When I realized that nothing was enough, I said, okay, I need to create a program where everything you eat is enough and you know when you're gonna stop yourself before you eat. And the way that I did this was I actually transferred my classroom management techniques to food management techniques. And I used the same thing on food that I used on fourth graders. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a while, cause I don't forget I was spending my life with my big pens, but I did take off 25 pounds, which I've kept off since 84 and work with hundreds and hundreds of unhappy overthinkers. So the only way that you can have the choice to eat and stop is to know that you're giving yourself enough. Because let's face it, when you have enough of something, Gabby, do you want more? Basically, let's keep it simple. You know, like, let's say you have five black dresses, like, and you go into the store and you go, how many black dresses are enough, Gabby? And you say, I have five, that's enough, you know? You decided five was enough. Now, if five wasn't enough, then you go, no, seven's enough. So you'll find two more dresses, but when you go home, you'll feel satisfied. You'll have seven black dresses in your closet and that's enough because you decided how much enough was. Well, everyone listening that's on a diet, you have no decision-making capacity on how much is enough without feeling guilty. And the two techniques that I developed allow you to decide how much is enough before you eat, because I'm all about the before, and then you're gonna know when you're gonna stop before you eat. Imagine the power when you look at that food and you know that you will know exactly what you're gonna have before you eat. You chose the food and you can stop. How do you, how do you know how to make that decision? What, I mean, what, you know, what are your, what are your markers for what that decision would be? I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're not taught that, you know. Well, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> so that's what I committed my life to to figuring out how to do this. So what do you think is is a result of causing people to be overweight to begin with that makes you have that thought of having more thought of food than not? Okay. Well, Gabby, what do they say on these TV programs? In in tr- What do they say when they want it with transparency, in transparency? You know how these newscasts say in transparency? I'm not a therapist, I'm a behaviorist. You know, I'm someone who helped myself. I have no degrees in psych, I have two master's degrees, but they're not in psychology, right? But I I know the answer to that question, but since that's not my specialty, I'm gonna plead the fifth. I mean, I know the answer, but I'm pleading the fifth on this one because that's not why I'm here. I'm here to yeah. teach your listeners how to eat and stuff. Okay. All right. I'll I'll accept that answer. I'll accept that. So I mean I have how... the answer, but you don't want to hear it. Fine. I'll I will accept that. So then how do you teach people how to consistently eat and stop yourself? Okay, well there are two techniques. And what I'll share with your listeners is the green technique. And for those people who like what they see, then my book is Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want, a no diet weight loss program. And my website's nodieting.net, and it can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. So what I'm going to do is teach your audience um, how to eat and stop. So I'm going to work with you, Gabby, and in working with you, everyone in the audience can do the same. So Gabby, what's the one food if you have a food because you haven't admitted to the fact that you, you know, struggle with food? So I don't. I'm assumptive here, but let's say for teaching purposes. Let's say, what is the worst food that could be in front of you at at four in the afternoon? Uh, this is tough. I, ooh, let's see. Make it very specific. Pizza. That's, you know what? <laughs> I'll share, that's very interesting. You said two very interesting things prior to the, you, you asked me what markers, because that's part of my program. The word marker is a very strong part of my program. But pizza, when I when I pitch, I go, eat more pizza and chocolate and lose weight, because you can with my program. <laughs> so pizza's everybody's thing, you know, and I have tons of pizza in the house. <laughs> All right, so, so I want you to take a piece of paper, like I have in front of me. Uh, take a piece of paper that's gonna be your pizza. Okay, I don't have a piece of paper, I have a coaster. Will this okay. work? <laughs> no, because you have to tear it. Um, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Hold on. Hold, please. Okay. See, I'm a weird case because I'm the person that can eat chocolate and like have a piece and stop. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Okay, that was fun. <laughs> well, you want to donate your brain to science. What can I say? <laughs> All right, I guess it's I guess it's you know years of practice. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe years of thinking about it. Yeah, you know? I guess. Okay, piece of paper. Right. Okay, so let's for for your audience's sake, we're both holding a piece of pe- a piece of pizza. Now, I want all of your I want all of your listeners to think of the food that's their worst enemy because I'm all about making peace with food. So if it's Snicker bar, if it's Mars bar if it's Hershey bar, if it's sitting in front of a cake, whatever really, once you start, you can stop. I want you to pretend it's in your hand now, all right? Now, 
I'm going to demonstrate to you how to do it, and then I'm going to have you practice, okay? So I'm also going to do it in a way, oh, your listeners will be able to see this, so that's cool too. All right, so I have a piece of pizza. Let me do this first, and then you're going to do it. Okay. Before I can eat this piece of pizza, I have to ask myself too, you might want to write this down. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, that's the educator in me. Okay, I do have a pen. All right, awesome. I want you to ask yourself two questions. Nothing happens before these two questions. I want you to look at the pizza and ask yourself, how much is enough and how much is too much? And I want all of your listeners to do the same. I want you to think of that food that terrorizes you. And I want you to think how much is enough and how much is too much? (laughs) I hope I... Okay, I hope you're laughing with me and not at me. I'm laughing because because it's because it's funny to me. Okay, it's I'll funny. It's because my answers are probably so ridiculous. Because well, don't make don't place judgment. You know, to my to myself. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm going to show you what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to have you do the same. Okay. So for teaching purposes. I'm going to say I have a piece of pizza and I've decided that half of the pizza is enough. Okay. And half is too much. So now I made those two decisions. I'm looking at the pizza. It's half and half. And I'm going to show you what to do if you want more. So let's just hold up on that. So now I'm going to divide the pizza. I'm actually physically going to separate the amount I decided was enough and the amount I decided was too much. I want you to do that now. I want you and your your listeners to divide up what they're holding in their hands. I want you to pretend, for those of you that don't have a paper in your hand, how much is enough and how much is too much. And Debbie's doing it now. She's And how much is enough? Two pieces. Well, I only see one. How much, you had one piece of pizza. That's one piece of pizza. Oh, I have to divide it into pieces. Yeah, so you had one piece of pizza. How much is enough? Oh. And how much... Okay, two pieces of pizza is enough. Oh, oh. so wait a minute. Now we're talking a different story. So you have two pieces. Okay, so Debbie, you had two pieces of pizza. Look at the two pieces of pizza. I want you to tell me how much is enough and how much is too much. Are you telling me the two pieces are enough? Two pieces of pizza is enough. Okay, this is how the program works. I'm really glad you did this because this is like upgrades the conversation. Before you can eat this pizza, you just decided that two pieces were enough. But in order to use the green technique, you have to first set aside a marker, the amount that's too much to designate the amount that's enough. So let's say for teaching purposes, and I'm just gonna do this for you, take off a little teeny, 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 teeny piece on the edge. Now, okay, now you have three pieces in front of you. You have two pieces of pizza and a teeny tiny part called the marker. That marker tells you that you've identified how much is enough and the marker lets you know that you're going to stop yourself. So I want you to pretend to eat the two pieces, but never your marker. Okay. Okay, I want all the listeners to uh, nah, 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 pretend to eat uh, all the people. Okay, Debbie just finished eating her two pieces of pizza. But what does she have left over? She has her marker. This marker means I ate enough and I stopped myself. Now, if you had no marker, I call it pre-programmed eating. Nothing is enough. 
because you didn't consciously decide how much is enough. So what could happen to Debbie or any of the listeners out there? Let's say pizza's your thing, listeners. You might say, oh, I want a third piece. Is a third piece really gonna be enough? You don't know because you didn't decide how much was enough and how much is too much. So the way the green technique works is the food is in front of you. You ask yourself two questions, how much is enough and how much is too much? Now, if you're having an ice cream bar or a candy bar and you want the whole bar, that's fine, but just scrape a little off under your fingernail and that's your marker. That's your marker. You gotta have a marker. No marker, no eat and stop. That's the rule. That's the rule. That's the rule. So what now? Why do you what now? What does this technique do for you? Well, when you begin to see that you can eat any food you want, and I mean any, and know when you're gonna stop yourself, who's in control? I well, I guess you are because you're telling hello? yourself when hello? you're gonna stop. I mean, right. Hello, I'm in control. Do I have to go off my program because I'm following the rules of four other people that are paying their mortgage or for telling me what to put in my mouth? No. Okay. So eat what you want, stop when you want, and it's a no diet weight loss program. The more you consciously use how much is enough, how much is too much, set aside your marker. Now, let's say you're in a restaurant for those listeners who want to know what to do in a restaurant and you get chicken, broccoli, and a baked potato. What you do is you look at your plate like a clock and you pick a time. So I pick 12 o'clock. I say, how much of the chicken is enough? How much is too much? And I move the amount that's too much to 12 o'clock. How much of the potato is enough? How much is too much? And I move too much to the 12 o'clock. How much of the broccoli is enough and how much is too much? Now I know all my markers are at 12 o'clock. Well, now I can eat and stop. Now you might say, but Sora, what if I want more from the markers that I left up at 12 o'clock? Well, just remarker it. Just remarker it. No markers, you don't eat and stop. Now, this works in conjunction with the red technique. And for that, folks, that's the secret sauce. So you have to buy the book. So, do you think that people will still overeat because they're not, they don't know how much is still too much? Okay. Fabulous question. It, it begs the old adage, which is how much is how much is too much. So here's what I say in the book. When you think you're having too much and your eye becomes trained, when you think you're having too much, you have to ask yourself one simple question. What do I want more? Too much or my weight loss? What do I want more? Too much or my weight loss? But until you begin to give yourself enough, you can't cut back. Because right now, everyone listening to this podcast is deprived. So until you learn that you can have enough of cake, candy, ice cream, whatever, only then can you negotiate letting some go. You know, you only can let go when you know you have enough. And now your listeners are deprived people. So once you use the technique, learn you can have enough, then you begin to look at each experience differently. If your weight isn't coming off as quickly as you'd like, the next time you take three bowls of ice cream, when you go to your third bowl with your marker, you might say, what do I want more? A third bowl of ice cream with a marker or my weight loss? Because then you're more in control of making a choice to cut back because there's no deprivation. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, if you're thinking about it and you want something more because you're you're who have a goal in mind or you have an idea in mind of what you want, then 
it's you are in control of the actions that you want. You, you know? see, it, it's like I, 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 you know, I was an educator for so long. I liken the diet to the to the Pied Piper of Hamlet. You know that story marches the kids with his pretty music and they all drown in the river like rats. Well, that's what a diet is. You know, it's four people telling you, be good, be good, eat the foods we tell you, you'll have a high self-esteem through the act of deprivation, but you'll be thinner. And then statistics show that 97% of all people who lose their weight on a diet regain it within two years. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the things that I've always, being in the health and fitness industry, I think one of the things for me is that, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, write me a diet, I want a diet plan, and it's difficult for me because, one, I don't know what you eat. I don't know what you like. You know, what I like, how I eat is totally different than how you, like I said, you know, the other day for lunch, I had tomatoes and mozzarella and basil and a bowl of clam chowder or a a cup of clam chowder and I can't even remember what else and I made it all at home and somebody was like you made that at home for lunch I said absolutely and they were like that sounds ridiculous I made myself a turkey sandwich okay well I don't really do deli meat I don't really eat bread you know so for you that's a turkey sandwich that sounds great but for me that's not something I would eat for lunch so making a diet for somebody else you're not going to eat cottage cheese I like cottage cheese you might not like be you know eat dairy so it's it's very difficult but Gabby you know what's so interesting if you take what you I mean because I I I know this 100% people are asking you watch this people are asking you to create rules for them right so, so and you're not going to follow it anyway. <laughs> you're, I, I've never once had a client. Never. I'm. That's not true. I have had people follow diets. It is. I've had hundreds of clients, and I could say probably two out of hundreds have followed a diet to a T and lost the weight and kept most of it off. But it is very, very few and far between. And you know, those people are people that will follow something to a T because they need that structure. Most people are not like that and they don't like everything. It is very, very difficult to find somebody that's going to do that. So imagine now when the next person says to you, would you create a diet for me? You taught them how to use the green technique. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, or, or you sent them to work with me. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I mean, they, I won't create a diet for them. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to teach them the two techniques and then I'm going to give them the freedom to choose the food they want. And for the first time in their life, they're going to feel so empowered, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's all their choices. Yeah. So what are some ways that your kitchen or your kitchen utensils can actually help you to lose weight? Well, um, I have, I speak a lot about a neutralized kitchen because I've trained my brain over decades. So, but in very simple terms, a neutralized kitchen, you shouldn't have any food inside your kitchen that's gonna get you up at three in the morning, okay? So there are a couple of ways you can deal with food that's calling, okay, so let me share something else. There's two kinds of food in my program. 
very general. There's inside callers and outside callers. Inside callers is when your body, you receive a signal from inside your body, you think about what you'd like to have, and when you think about scrambled eggs, that signal feels better, and then you go eat your scrambled eggs using a marker. Most people aren't attached to their inner hunger signals. They basically run their intake on outside callers, so, which is an external stimuli. You see pizza, you walk them down the street in Manhattan, you see a donut shop, you go, oh, I want a donut, you know? So those are outside callers. So only bring, at the beginning, only, only bring in food that doesn't excite you. Now, I know that sounds weird, but don't bring in food that, you know, you know your hand's gonna be in the bag all the time. Keep it out of the house until you feel stronger. A neutralized kitchen also means always buy, okay, always buy the same brand of food that you buy. So for example, if you buy Levy's rye bread, always buy Levy's rye bread. If you buy Heinz ketchup, if you buy Edie's ice cream, butter pecan, always buy Edie's butter pecan ice cream. And there's a way, there's a reason for that. Whenever you stick with the same thing over and over again, the excitement attached to it diminishes. And so over time, you're more in control. Also, whenever you bring this stuff into your kitchen, always put it in the same place. Always put your Levy's rye bread in the same place. So what you really want to do is detach from the excitement of the food so that you slow down in your response to it. So if you like Entenmann's cake and you want to bring an Entenmann's sponge cake, bring it in, use the program. But if you bring an Entenmann's uh, sponge cake, Entenmann's Louisiana Crunch and Entenmann's chocolate donuts on the same day, even though you're in program, you're going to struggle a lot. So a neutralized kitchen means boring, boring, boring. You want to decrease the boredom of the kitchen through the placement of the food, through the brands of the food, and everyone knows what food is hard for them to stop. So don't bring it in. Keep it in your mailbox. I mean, you know, I kept plenty of food in my mailbox until I was ready to have it. You can't keep mail- food in your mailbox in Arizona. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not not happening here. It would go bad in half a day. <laughs> All right. Well, Manhattan, you never know what you can find in your mailbox, but... So that's it. You know, take out the food that you know you're going to put your hand in at three in the morning until you feel stronger. The more you use the techniques, the stronger you get, the more food you could bring in. I never thought I could keep bagels in the house. Never. And now I can. So uh, the last thing uh, I wanted to ask is like food journaling. Uh, I'm a huge, huge proponent of food journaling. I always recommend my clients do it. Uh, Again, a lot of them don't because it sucks. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. Um, But (laughs) uh, how do you recommend food journaling and how do you feel that it helps to help you stay, um, help you lose weight and help you to keep the weight off? Okay, so I'm the right one to ask and I'm the wrong one to ask. I'm a major tracker. And I track everything I want to change. You know, I just, I'm a tracker. So I, I, to this day, decades later, I still write down everything I eat. And I still do because it allows me to watch my emotional makeup of the day because my food choices reflect my emotional management. So um, look, I had a principle for years. We had to keep something on the door. It said not to plan is to plan to fail. All right. If, (laughs) if someone, if you want to make something happen, as boring and as tedious as you think it might be, it's really not going to happen unless you journal it. 
You know, I can almost promise you that because you I don't remember to this day and I'm like an expert on what I had for breakfast. How can you remember what you had for breakfast when you're looking to learn a program? So how much do you really want to be successful? You know, how what does success mean to you? I think your listeners ought to ask themselves. You have to be a warrior. You know, you have to fight for this. You have to fight for your empowerment. And I think journaling is one of the top two things you have to do to fight for your empowerment. The first thing you have to do is get off the diet, use the green and the red technique. The second thing is you have to raise your consciousness about what you put in your mouth every day, okay? The bottom line is, I want everyone to watch. This is your mouth. And when you put food in your mouth, what you really want is not the food you put in your mouth. What you really wanna do is chew to release any tension that's attached to the thought of the food or that you're experiencing emotionally. So it's the chewing you want. You know, I mean, if you have a weight problem and you just go like this, it's not about the food, it's the chewing. You re So it's really a program that I'm really, I've not said this before, but it actually allows you to minimize your daily dependency on the act of chewing for the control. So it's not even about food. Food is the object of the problem. It's really about chewing. So how can you really realistically stop chewing too much food unless you know that when you're eating, you're having enough? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add um, that you think our listeners need to know about uh, your book or your program or your teachings? Well, my website um, is www.nodieting.net. Uh, my book, Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want, a no diet weight loss program is on amazon.com, barnesandnobles.com. And I know you can do it, but you have to want it. And my saying, I end my book with this saying, and it's the saying that I use, hold the vision, trust the process, and inch by inch, anything's a cinch, yard by yard, life is hard. I'm an incher, start inching. <laughs> and you you are proof i mean it does take time everything it's it's a process it's a process, it's, a process. it's definitely a process it takes time mm -hmm. you know it's not something that happens overnight and i think no, that's there's no overnight no. there's no overnight business so whoever's listening who wants it now don't even begin because it's a process and you must be kind and patient with yourself and when you read the book um folks Understand that it's a process and be kind with yourself. Be kind. Just be kind yeah. and gentle, you know? Yep. Right, Gabby? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the book is called Eat What You Want, Stop What You Want uh, by Sora Vernikoff. And you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or at her website, nodieting.com. No dieting no, di no, di no dieting.net. Um, and she, you can also work with her as well. So thank you so much for coming on today, Sora. My and pleasure. We super appreciate it. Some great information. Oh, and uh, of course, we all want to eat what we want. So I think that's. Well, you know, you see, the thing is, I, I, I feel like I've been called to the mountain because I want, especially women. You know, we do all this stuff, but we still, they, they still can't control their food, and so they have low self-esteem because of that. You know, I'm saying maybe some women do. Like they can do all these things, but they can't eat and stop. But now I'm saying to you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I even wrote a poem. Yes, you can. But you can't do it without my work. <laughs> I 
Yes. Yes. So if you need help, if you want to eat what you want and be able to stop when you want, uh, look her up, check her out. And Thanks, Gabby. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, so my pleasure. thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes, or you can find it on Gabrielle's website at www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.